Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast, where we talk about how you and your organization can take your next step in your leadership journey. Let's get to it. Welcome to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. Woo-hoo. My name is Carly, your co-host, and I'm so excited that you're joining us for the March edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. So, Perry, is there anything you want to say before we dive into this month's topic? Yes, yeah, so I'd like to say a couple things. First of all, I am contemplating getting a dog, and if I do get a dog, we've all agreed that we're going to name him Tim Riggins yes. based on the Friday Night Lights character hashtag clear eyes full hearts can't lose the second thing on a more serious note is um we actually have a sponsor this month it's um enjoy stewardship services if you are a church and you're considering doing any sort of capital campaign um whether you're trying to expand your current facility buy land build a brand new facility retire debt i'm here to tell you there's nobody better to bring on than Enjoy Stewardship. You can find them at enjoystewardship.com. And in the upper right-hand corner, there's a button that, that says schedule a call. And here's the deal. A phone call costs you absolutely nothing. Um, the men and women that work at Enjoy Stewardship are professionals. They can help you raise um, the dollars that you need to fund the vision that God has placed in your heart. So that's our sponsor for this podcast this month, enjoystewardship.com. Check them out. Click on schedule a call because a phone call with these guys and gals is free. And I'm telling you, they can help you raise the dollars to fund your vision. So to transition, um, statistics say that around 85% of churches in America are plateaued or declining, which means that only around 15% are actually growing. So Perry, of all the churches that you've seen that are experiencing growth, would you say that they have something specific in common? Yes, I would. Um, And it's so cool as I've gotten to travel, um, I've actually gotten to travel the world over the past 20, 25 years, but even more so the past several months. And when it comes to church growth, it's not a denomination, it's not a brand of theology, it's not a style of church. The one thing that churches that are growing have in common is they have really great, strong, dynamic leadership. So is it really that simple? I mean, there are some who say that leadership, the leadership card gets played way too much when it comes to the local church. I understand that church culture loves to super spiritual, super spiritualize everything. In fact, I saw a comment on a website the other day where somebody was saying, hey, um, actually, I'll just go ahead and say it. it was my website, and I was talking about how the church can grow, and somebody said, I thought God grows the church. Well, here's, here's the problem with that. If God is the only factor in growing the church, then why isn't every church in the world growing? Because doesn't God want every church to grow? There are some people that are so heavenly-minded, they're no earthly good. Um, and that's reality. Does Is God responsible for growing the church? Absolutely. But it's God working through leadership. And leadership is listed in Romans chapter 12, verse 8, as a spiritual gift. Scripture is so clear that God raises up leaders to lead. That's what the book of Judges is all about. Church growth is not the result of some under-challenged angel in heaven winning some lottery and comes down and happens to bless some church on earth. It's God calling and equipping leaders to lead. 
That's good. So when it comes to a church facing and breaking through the growth barriers, how much of it falls on leadership? 100%. 100%. That is a big statement. I know, but I really do believe it with all my heart. I believe it's 100% on the leadership. So what are the major numerical growth barriers in churches? Well, there's the 100 barrier, um, and these are people in attendance. So there's 100, 250, then 500, then 1,000, then 2,500, then 5,000, and then 10,000 plus. Okay, so now that we know what they are, how does a church break through them? Well, you know, Carly, this is one of the things I love about what we get to do at the growth company is... Um, we get to come alongside of churches and help them develop a specific plan to break through their next barrier. Because every church, every church on the planet is unique, and it takes um, the ability to focus on the leader's strengths and supplementing the areas where they're not so strong. However, um, there are four things that every church can do if they want to break through the growth barrier. Yeah, so is what you're about to share with us a formula? No, it's not a formula. It's more like um, a recipe. Um, A church or a leader can take all the information, but they've got to be willing to do the hard work. It's like if I give you a recipe and you go home and you um, put it up in your cabinet, but you never buy the ingredients and you never follow through, then you're never going to be able to prepare the meal. Um, and so that's why that honestly, that's why I would say that 85% of churches in America are either plateaued or declining. It has nothing to do with resources because the church has never been more resourced than we are right now. It has nothing to do with the area of the country you're in because it blows me away how every church planter that I talk to tells me that where they're planting is the toughest area in the church or, or in the United States or the world to plant a church. Here's the here's the good and bad news. We're planting churches. The Bible says in Ephesians 6 that our struggle is not against flesh and blood. When you planted a church, you actually stepped onto the front line. So anywhere you plant a church is going to be tough. Um, so th- the difference is that there are leaders who are willing not just to take a recipe, but to buy the to get the ingredients and to make it happen. So the four things I'm going to share are only going to work if the leadership is willing to go out all out and make them happen. Yeah. So what is the first thing that a church has to do in order to shatter their next growth barrier? The first thing a church has to do in order to shatter the next growth barrier is pray. So if a church prays hard enough, they'll grow. Nope. Nope, because I've seen churches full of people that'll pray for you but won't talk to you. Um, And that's a really—I mean, I've seen churches that'll pray for lost people, but then they won't go out and engage lost people. Um, So that's a a difficult thing. Um, But the reason I say prayer is number one is because prayer is all about connecting with God. The, and, and at least in my personal experience, and and prayer is not about us changing God's mind. Um, I heard a God to say one time that we can change God's mind through prayer, and I'm like, uh, I think the Bible says God doesn't change. Um, prayer isn't about changing God's mind. Prayer is about connecting with God so God can change our mind, which is I, which is why I believe it's one of the most important aspects 
of leadership. I believe the more time a church spends connecting with God, the more what matters to God will matter to the church. And it and in just a casual reading of the scriptures, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that lost people really do matter to God. You know, Proverbs 29, 18 says, in the King James Version, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. In other words, where there is no vision, people die. And I think churches are dying because they, they don't have a vision. And the only vision we're selling our lives out to is the one that Jesus speaks into our lives through the leadership of the church that would have us go after the people that matter to him the most. That's good. So I believe you, but I've heard a lot of people say that the whole vision thing is overrated and that it's just a buzzword spoken at conferences and such. So what would you say to that? I would say that people that usually say that are probably leading dried up, dehydrated, dying churches um, because Jesus was a man consumed by vision. Everything about his life was absolutely intentional. He never just went with the flow. He had three years to accomplish a mission and he did it with intentionality. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, he told the apostles, I've got a vision for you um, when it comes to the church. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, then Judea and Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. In Acts chapter 16, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us, and that's when he went and took the gospel uh, to the city of Philippi. Um, But I'll go back and say the only way to get a white-hot vision from God is through consistent communication with him because it's through that communication that he will inform and confirm his plans for us in the churches we lead. So if prayer is number one, what is the second thing a church must do to break through the growth barrier? The the second thing a church must do is the church must have a plan. So number one is prayer. Number two is plan. So prayer by itself isn't enough? Nope. Um, And once again, that's going to offend all the heavenly-minded but no earthly good people. But let me share an equation with you. Planning without prayer is inconclusive. In other words, if you make plans without connecting with God, then you'll always feel like something's missing. However, prayer without planning is irresponsible. So planning without prayer is inconclusive, Prayer without planning is irresponsible because one of the saddest things um, that I've discovered about prayer is a lot of people often use it as an excuse for inactivity because if I pray about it, I don't have to do anything about it. The Bible says in Proverbs 21.5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to profit. To poverty, And I believe the diligent are the ones who have carefully considered what God has spoken to their hearts about the church, and the, and the promise is those plans lead to profit. But this verse also that says, haste leads to poverty. So how does the second half of that verse apply to leadership? That's big time, uh, because all too often, leaders will get what I call imitation sickness, where they go to another church or to a conference or ministry, and they come back and they say, hey, we're going to change everything we do in order to be just like somebody else. Yeah. So church leaders shouldn't learn from other churches? No, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that we can get great ideas and inspiration from other churches and leaders. I mean, we should. My gosh, there's so many great churches and leaders out there. However, all too often, we'll focus when we focus on imitation, we lose sight of revelation. And revelation from God is way better than 
imitation of other churches. Because in time, God will reveal his plans um, to his people. And, and let me say this, when it comes to planning, let me, when it comes to establishing a plan, what got you past 100 people won't get you past 250. And what got you past 250 won't get you past 500, and so on and so on and so on. It takes different plans, which is why it's so brilliant, because it forces us to stay connected to the heart of God so he can, can continually reveal his plan over and over and over again. So, so far we have one prayer to a plan. So what's the third thing that a church needs to break through their growth barriers? Third is people. So why would you say that people matter so much? Well, one of my favorite books ever, um, besides Green Eggs and Ham, which, by the way, I want to pause right here and just say, Green Eggs and Ham is an amazing book to teach people on the subject of evangelism. Think about it for a minute. He said, I want you to try green eggs and ham. And Sam I Am said, you know, you need to try green eggs and ham. And the guy said, I don't want green eggs and ham. He said, would you eat them in a box? And would you eat them with a fox? And would you eat them on a boat? And would you eat them with a goat? And the whole thing. And at the end, he tries green eggs and ham. And you know what? What happened at the end, Carly? I really don't know. You've never read green eggs and ham? Maybe when I was younger. He liked green eggs and ham. He wow. liked them. But <laughs> Sam I Am was persistent about green eggs and ham. And that's how we need to be about evangelism. So for those of you pastors that are listening and you are looking for a sermon idea, read Green Eggs and Ham this week to your church. And don't, don't email me and ask me how to tie in one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish, because I don't know. Um, oh, yeah, one of my favorite books is, uh, so other than Green Eggs and Ham, another one of my favorite books is uh, Good to Great by Jim Collins. And I can remember sitting on an airplane and literally becoming obsessed with that book until I finished it. And one of the things he said in that book that applies to businesses, but it applies to churches as well, is that if an organization wants to go from good to great, they need to have the right people on the bus and then get the right people in the right seats. So does that mean that teamwork is what matters? Oh my gosh, yeah. So I think one of the reasons a lot of churches are not growing is because the people are not working together. And if a church is not full of people who are working together, they'll eventually be torn apart. Um, and notice where, where people fall. First there's prayer, and then there's plan, but then you have to have the right people to execute the plan. Yeah. So can you give us a biblical example of this? Lots of them, but I'll, I'll just give a couple, or two or three. Um, in the Old Testament, there was Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is my favorite book in the Old Testament because um, it's all about um, vision. It, in chapter one, his heart was set on fire by God, and he had a you know, because he connected with God through prayer. And then God gave him a plan. God gave him a vision to go to Jerusalem and rebuild the wall. And he went and he compellingly cast the vision to a group of people. But Nehemiah chapter 3 is all, all it is is just names of people and where they worked on the wall. So in Nehemiah, you see he connected with God through prayer. God gave him a plan, and he involved people in the process. In the New Testament, um, you got Peter and Paul, and God used their specific personality to reach different groups of people. God used Peter to reach the Jews. God used Paul to reach the Gentiles. God always takes, um, connects with people, gives them a plan, but people are, people are the main avenue through which God wants to communicate the gospel through. 
So how does this play out in the church today? Well, I once heard Bishop T.D. Jake say that you can tell how big a construction project is going to be by the amount of equipment brought in to do the job. And if there's a lot of heavy equipment, then you know what is getting ready to be built is going to be huge. And he went on to explain that that's the way it is with leaders as well. As a leader, you can look around you, and if God is bringing in other high-capacity leaders around you, then what God is getting ready to do in and through you is absolutely enormous. And we need all types of people. For example, I'm not a detailed person. Um, However, accomplishing the vision requires attention to detail. So God will most often provide people who are strong in an area where a leader is not strong, and that way it's, it's it's not all contingent on one person, but rather a group of people working together for the common good. Yeah, so what is the fourth thing a church needs to break through their next growth barrier? The next thing, the fourth thing is perspiration. Like sweating? Yep. That's exactly what I mean, because this is where a lot of churches and teams drop the ball. I have a saying on, um, I got a whiteboard in my office, and I've got a saying written on it that says, ideas are crap. It's execution that matters. Yes, I will say that again. Ideas are crap. It's execution that matters. I'll go back to Clemson winning the national championship game um, because I can, and this is my podcast. And some people are like, are you going to offend Alabama fans? No, because none of them have iPods um, or iPhones. I'm just kidding, Alabama fans. Roll tears. But the, here's the deal when it came to that, uh, that football game. Dabo and his coaching staff spent countless hours pouring over a game plan. but And they had the right people to accomplish it. But if they had just stood on the sideline – or if the team had huddled up but never broken the huddle, they never would have won the game. Which brings me back to prayer because we have stupid statements in the church like let go and let God, which I don't even know what the freak that means. I've never let go and let God. That means be completely irresponsible and blame all your problems on God because think about this. Let's go all the way back to when Noah built the ark, okay? Genesis chapter 6, the story where God killed everybody and we turned it into a children's story. I still don't understand that. But Genesis chapter 6, Noah and the ark, Noah was connected to God, so there's prayer. God gave Noah a vision for building the ark, even down to the specific measurements. God gave Noah the people to build the ark, his sons, but Noah did not pray the ark out of heaven. Noah did not pray, and the ark merely just fell out of the sky. He had to work. He had to perspire in order to make the vision that God put in his heart become a reality. Um, And that's what we've got to be willing to do. Recently, I was with a great church in the state of Louisiana, and they had prayed about their next barrier that that they knew God wanted to break, and it was a thousand. And we met together, and we spent several hours formulating a plan so they could see it happen. But the cool part about it is the pastor and his staff went out from that meeting and were able to do the hard work and actually implement the plan. And then six days later, the pastor texted me and told me they had shattered the thousand, um, the thousand barrier with a record non-holiday attendance um, simply because they were willing to work the plan. Wow. So are you saying that if someone hires the growth company to come in, that we can help them shatter their next barrier in less than a week? Absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. 
Um, just kidding. Honestly, the reason I'm using that story is because it's so fresh and it literally just happened in the past month or so, because sometimes, um, it'll, sometimes it'll be weeks before you break the next growth barrier or months or even years. But if we're willing to pray, I mean, really pray and ask God what he wants to do in the life of our church, that really is the first step. This is a review. You got to be willing to pray in order to really connect with God and see what he wants to do in the life of your church. So good. So before you go on, how does a leader know that they've heard from God? I believe it's because the leader gets uncomfortable. When in the Bible did God ever ask anyone to do anything that made sense or was in their power to do it? If you get a vision from God, I believe it's going to make you completely uncomfortable because when the apostles got the vision in Acts 1.8, they said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria, and then the ends of the earth. Well, they knew the ends of the earth included Rome, and that had to make them uncomfortable. But today, if you go to Rome, well, I mean, we've all heard it said before, but it's true. Today, we name our kids Peter, Paul, and Mary, and we name our dogs Caesar and Nero because the apostles actually took the gospel seriously. Um, so they, they had no idea how huge that vision was. So if you look at the vision that if you don't look at the vision that God has given you and have what I call an oh crap moment, then it's probably not from God. So after prayer, then a leader has to begin to plan. So hold on again. So does the plan ever change? Absolutely. Making adjustments is the responsibility of leadership, and life throws curveballs our way. Um, and a leader can either make an excuse or make a difference. And leaders that make excuses rarely make a difference. For example, years ago when I was senior pastor of New Spring Church, we did a capital campaign called Game Time. And we spent hundreds of hours casting compelling vision as to why we needed to build a youth and children's space as willing to, as well as start our first multi-site. It was awesome. And we were all excited about it. And then we had the great recession of 2008 when the bottom fell out of the economy. Now, here's the deal. The plan never changed. We still move forward. However, we had to change certain aspects of the plan as, we, as well as continually make adjustments to the church so we could reach our goals. So the plan, even though um, the plans might change or adjustments, but it, it, God will give you a vision. And then if you'll stay connected with God, he'll show you step-by-step the plan you need to make. And the third thing I said is people. So how important is having the right people really? Having the right people is everything. Um, as a survey church landscape in our country, and one of the most difficult things to wrestle with is the fact that there are some great leaders who really are smart, and they really do know what to do. And I believe most of them know the right decisions that they need to make as far as people. It's just that many times we like the courage to put the right people in the right positions. Yeah, so are you saying that a leader should just go through his or her church and start firing people? Not at all. I think the first question a leader should ask is always, is there somewhere this person can be moved? And if so, they should be moved with a clear expectation as to why. In other words, it shouldn't be mysterious to them. I once heard John Maxwell say, teamwork makes the dream work. And I believe that with all of my heart, that if we have the right plan with the wrong people, it will never work out, which leads me to the fourth thing, perspiration. 
And with that, are you referring to a leader's ability to work hard? Not just the leader, but the team God has surrounded them with. It takes everyone using the gift, using their gift, using the strength Jesus has given them, and trusting Him to make up the difference if a church really wants to see their next growth barrier shattered. Okay, so we have covered a lot in this podcast. Anything else that you want to add before we wrap up? Absolutely. Number one is if I do get a dog and we name it Tim Riggins, I will be, it'll be all over social media. But the soonest I can get a dog will be June. And so maybe in June we'll bring Tim Riggins in here. Don't give me a thumbs down. It's the soonest <laughs> I can get a dog. And we'll let him bark on the air. That would be amazing. Um, the second thing I'd love to say is one of the things we love to do here at The Growth Company is help churches break through their next growth barrier. So if you're a church leader and you feel stuck and you're interested in having me come in for a day or two and sit down and discuss with your team what it looks like to shatter through your next growth barrier, then go to www.iwantmychurchtogrow.com. That's www.iwantmychurchtogrow.com. And click schedule a, cl- a call, a claw. Schedule a call. I'm hooked <laughs> on Pahonics. Schedule a call in the upper right-hand corner and fill out the form, and either Winter or Carly will give you a call or, or email you about scheduling a call so we can talk to you about the details of bringing me into your church because I'd love to come in if I can. Well, there is another edition of the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast in the books. You can visit www.perrynoble.com for the show notes from this episode. And once again, if you're interested in having Perry come in and work with you in your church, you can contact us at www.iwantmychurchtogrow.com. I hope you have an awesome month, and we will see you back here in April. Thank you for listening to the Perry Noble Leadership Podcast. We hope you had a blast spending time with us. For more thoughts on leadership, visit Perry's blog at perrynoble.com.